Chapter one, take two, two. Nice. Nice. It's a little hot here, he said unapologetically. I, I thought that would be best. Thorough, I murmured under my breath, and he chuckled. It was a nervous sound, rare for Edward. I tried to think of everything that would make this easier, he admitted. I swallowed loudly, still facing away from him. Had there ever been a honeymoon like this before? I knew the answer to that. No, there had not. I was wondering, Edward said slowly, if first maybe you'd like to take a midnight swim with me. He took a deep breath, and his voice was more at ease when he spoke again. The water will be very warm. This is the kind of beach you approve of. Sounds nice, my voice broke. I'm sure you'd like a human minute or two. It was a long journey. I nodded woodenly. I felt barely human. Maybe a few minutes alone would help. His lips brushed against my throat just below my ear. He chuckled once, and his cool breath tickled my overheated skin. Don't take too long, Mrs. Cullen. I jumped a little at the sound of my new name. His lips brushed down my neck to the tip of my shoulder. I'll wait for you in the water. He walked past me to the French door that opened right out onto the beach sand. On the way, he shrugged out of his shirt, dropping it on the floor, and then slipped through the door into the moonlit night. The sultry, salty air swirled into the room behind him. Did my skin burst into flames? I had to look down to check. Nope, nothing was burning, at least not visibly. I reminded myself to breathe, and then I stumbled toward the giant suitcase that Edward had opened on top of a low white dresser. It must be mine, because my familiar bag of toiletries was right on top, and there was a lot of pink in there, but I didn't recognize even one article of clothing. As I pawed through the neatly folded piles, looking for something familiar and comfortable, a pair of old sweats, maybe, it came to my attention that there was an awful lot of sheer lace and skimpy satin in my hands. Lingerie. Very lingerie-ish lingerie with French tags. I didn't know how or when, but someday Alice was going to pay for this. Giving up, I went to the bathroom and peeked out through the long windows that opened to the same beach as the French doors. I couldn't see him. I guessed he was there in the water, not bothering to come up for air. In the sky above, the moon was lopsided, almost full, and the sand was bright white under its shine. A small movement caught my eye. Draped over a bench in one of the palm trees that fringed the beach, the rest of his clothes were swaying in the light breeze. A rush of heat flashed across my skin again. I took a couple of deep breaths and then went to the mirrors above the long stretch of counters. I looked exactly like I'd been sleeping on a plane all day. I found my brush and yanked it harshly through the snarls on the back of my neck until they were smoothed out and the bristles were full of my hair. I brushed my teeth meticulously. Twice. Then I washed my face and splashed water on the back of my neck, which was feeling feverish. That felt so good that I washed my arms as well, and finally I decided to just give up and take the shower. I knew it was ridiculous to shower before swimming, but I needed to calm down, and hot water was one reliable way to do that. Also, shaving my legs again seemed like a pretty good idea. When I was done, I grabbed a huge white towel off the counter and wrapped it under my arms. Then I was faced with a dilemma I hadn't considered. What was I supposed to put on? Not a swimsuit, obviously, but it seemed silly to put my clothes back on, too. I didn't even want to think about the things Alice had packed for me. 
My breathing started to accelerate again and my hands trembled so much for the calming effects of the shower I started to feel a little dizzy, apparently a full-scale panic attack on the way. I sat down on the cool tile floor and my big towel and put my head between my knees. I prayed he wouldn't decide to come look for me before I pulled my, could pull myself together. I could imagine what he would think of it if he saw me going to pieces this way. It wouldn't be hard for him to convince himself that we were making a mistake. And I wasn't freaking out because I thought we were making a mistake. Not at all. I was freaking out because I had no idea how to do this. And I was afraid to walk out of this room and face the unknown. Especially in French lingerie. I knew I wasn't ready for that yet. This felt exactly like having to walk out in front of a theater full of thousands with no idea what my lines were. How did people do this? Swallow all their fears and trust else, someone else so implicitly with every imperfection and fear they had, with less than the absolute commitment Edward had given me. If it weren't Edward out there, if I didn't know in every cell of my body that he loved me as much as I loved him, unconditionally and irrevocably, and to be honest, irrationally, I'd never be able to get up off this floor. But it was Edward out there. So I whispered the words, don't be a coward under my breath and scrambled to my feet. I hitched the towel tighter under my arms and marched determinedly from the bathroom, past the suitcase full of lace and the big bed without looking at either, out the open glass door, onto the powder-fine sand. Everyone's nervous the first time. Not Edward. Edward's about to get laid. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to kill her. Please don't kill her. Oh my god. Anyway, kia ora koutou, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chapter 1, Take 2, your favourite podcast led by a couple of gorgeous lesbians. Uh, we read a book, watch a film, and then discuss the adaptation. My name is Maddie. I'm Brianna. And if you've been listening to our previous episodes, you'll know we're coming to the climax, appropriately reading that section, Brianna, um, of our Twilight... <laughs> you just made a sex joke. <laughs> our Twilight Saga journey. In this episode, we are covering the singular book of Breaking Dawn. I've had a bad habit of underestimating you. Every obstacle you faced, I think you couldn't overcome it. And you just did. I didn't expect you to seem so... you? And part one, part two of the film franchise, film four and five, they really just wrung that rag out being like, hey, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yep. <laughs> Glad that you're uh, matching my energy there, babe. Yep. Yep, love it. So, uh, Breaking Dawn Part 1, released 2011, and then a year later, 2012, uh, Part 2 came out. Um, what do you think the Part 1 has on, like, IMDb situation? 4.5. 4.9. So, yeah. And what about Rotten Tomatoes for Part 1? 64%. 25 25? People, that seems long. People were displeased with this fantasy romance one hour and 48 minute film. See, one. I get that for part two because we have the creepy baby, but part one barely features the creepy baby. Well, what do you think part two then had for IMDb out of 10 and then percentage wise out of 100 for Rotten Tomatoes? 39%. 49. For, so it was... We Improved from, because of the fight scene, eh? I would imagine And also so. 
the Emmett Bella arm wrestling scene. Yeah, but what's interesting is the four point nine IMDb and then five point five. Like they're quite similar, but Rotten Tomatoes rankings very different. Yeah, much more different. Uh, amazing. I mean, if you've been living under a rock, do you want to give people a brief summary of what Breaking Dawn's all about? Yes. Okay, so finally, Edward and Bella get married. That's basically that. Then they go to the island and they have their honeymoon. And... <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then Bella finds out she's pregnant because she realizes she's missed her period. And then they rush home and um, it fast forwards really, really quick. And basically, Bella's like super pregnant. Um, Within a matter of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jacob shows up and he's like, whoa, Bella, you're super pregnant. What you're, happened? You also look pale AF. Um, and As foretold. Sorry. Yeah. There's conflict because the wolves are like, we have to kill the baby. And then Jacob splits from his pack because he's like, can't kill Bella. And then, uh, and then they discover that the baby needs blood and Bella starts drinking blood. And then she has the baby and she gets turned into a vampire. And that's the entire first movie. Like... Mm. Basically, Bella and Edward have sex, Bella gets pregnant, it's hard, then Bella has the baby, that's it. Yeah. That's There's the some... movie. There's nothing else. There is nothing else. There's some cool behind-the-scenes footage of the special effects they use for making Bella look so sickly. Obviously, um, Kirsten Stewart's really quite petite for these films. Yeah. But uh, she's not gaunt. No. And she, they, yeah, she looks just bone bone very thin yeah when bella's back breaks oh my goodness it looks so uncomfortable oh my goodness because i was thinking about that right and we'll get more into this but um the future written is may as the baby inside of her obviously half human half vampire Hmm. so even more powerful right because they talk about newborns being more powerful physically because they still have their human blood in their veins right so when is may Physically. Must really, be super strong. Right? Really strong. And also, she's draining Bella of her blood and energy and her life force, which normal human babies do anyway. Um, but Bella's getting lighter and lighter and weaker, and Renesmee's getting heavier, and like her bones and muscles would be denser, I would imagine, than a normal human baby. Hmm. So it's like, it makes sense that her bones would be so brittle and snap. Stop that. Plus Stop her like... Stop that sack is like titanium so yeah right okay and then book two yeah sorry. bella wakes up as a vampire yeah she's all like i'm shiny now i'm shiny and new hooray um, we discover that edward our jacob is imprinted on the baby we'll get to that <laughs> uh and then jacob reveals that he's a werewolf to charlie so they don't have to leave yes he's very much like well we had a debate about this I was like, it's very selfish of Jacob because he was like, I don't want Renee's made to go, so I'm just going to show that I'm a werewolf and Charlie will deal with it. And you were like, but that does mean Bella gets to have him in his life, have Charlie in her life, right? Yeah. But I still think Jacob did it entirely. Like, and Edward says that You know what? Film. I'm team Jacob. I'm just team Jacob. I don't care. Even though he imprinted on a baby. It's not his fault. That's Stephanie Meyer's fault. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, true. and then basically kind of like fast forwarding, like kind of rewinding to um, New Moon. Fast forward slash rewinding. Sorry. Rewinding the New Moon. Um, one of the Denali cousins 
shows up to apologize or make peace with the family because Jacob's pack killed her partner Laurent. Yeah, who he and was about he was literally about to murder Bella. Yep. And she but she's in denial about that. Yes. Yeah. Um and then they see that um, Bella has a baby and it looks like a baby vampire because she's jumping into the air and catching snowflakes. And yes. then she tells the Volturi that One they've the created an immortal child. Yes. And then Alice disappears with Jasper and doesn't tell anyone why. And then Bella figures out that it's because Alice's vision is that they're all going to die and she has a chance to save Renesme. And then mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. gather a bunch of people to bear witness to um, Renesme's ability to grow, change, and mature. And then the Volturi show up, and then uh, book book version, um, they convince the Volturi that... They have a big old chat. That Renesmee's not a threat, and Alice shows up and shows the Brazilian vampires. Uh, movie version, uh, Alice shows Aro a vision of them all fighting, and Aro eventually dying, and then they convince him successfully that Renesmee's not a threat. it makes sense. Uh, there's a spider <gasps> a spider on the bookshelf. And then the movie ends. And, oh yeah, Bella's a shield. Oh, and Renesmee has a power where she can, like, touch people and show them all of her thoughts. So it's mm, like the inverse mm. of Arrow's gift. Yes, and kind of a, a also inverse of Arrow, Arrow but also uh, a, 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 a soup, souped-up version of Edward's gift. No, it's like the inverse. Instead of being able to read other people's thoughts, yeah. she can implant her thoughts into other people's brains. Yeah. That's kind of what Bella does when she inverts her shield. That's interesting. Yeah, and also... That's interesting. I had thought about that before. Edward, anyway. Yes? Edward talks about how okay. Renesmee's gift is the inverse of Bella's because Bella's gift allows her to keep everyone out and Renesmee's gift forces everyone to let her in yeah 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 yeah. so uh fantastic that's the book thank you thank you so like honestly did not have to be four hours bella gets pregnant has the baby turns into a vampire there's almost a threat and then there isn't yeah true story that's the whole of breaking but i feel like the whole of breaking dawn which is um 700 pages with an index I believe you. Bridget showed me the book. So, um, obviously, we've got Kristen Stewart. And that's Stewart not large print. <laughs> returning as Palace One. Uh, Robert Pattinson. I'm Batman. Uh, Edward Cullen. Taylor Lautner. Jacob Black. Uh, Ashley Green as Alice Cullen. Jamie Campbell as Caius. Um, Nikki Reed as Rosalie Hale. Oh, she looks really different now. That makes sense. Is that Rosalie? Yeah, that is her. Wow, she looks real different with dark yeah, hair. Yeah, wow, wow. Anyway. And her mouth closed. Sorry, we just got um, a bit distracted. Very, obviously still very beautiful. Um, I like I like her power. She looks very powerful. Uh, Keelan Lutz as Emmett. Yeah. Michael Sheen, who uh, we really loved in Angels and Demons. Is that what that's called? You know, with um, Doctor Who guy. That's Michael Sheen. There's a cat on the roof. Angels and demons. Nah, what's it called? It's that thing, and he's an angel, and then he's a demon, and they swap places. Oh my god! Good, good omens. Good omens. 
good omens. Different thing. Yeah. But Michael Sheen's in that. Uh, Jackson Rathbone is Jasper Hale. Uh, Elizabeth Risa is my Cullen. Peter. She has a big forehead. Fracinelli. I don't want to judge. I'm just saying she's a big She does have a big forehead. People have big foreheads. And Mackenzie Foy as Renee's May. She is a real person. I think when by the time her character gets to the age of seven, she looks yeah around like... Christmas basically, and like yeah. the fight, she's a real person. Yeah, but absolutely. previous to that and after that, she's not. Yeah, hard out. So she is the creepiest baby of all time. That baby. Is terrifying horrific how was that approved i don't they know. should have just put a real baby in there like like do you do it you, did not matter that much do you think that they understood like, that it, okay it was gonna be a producers production design team let me let me just i know the growing thing's important it's not that important it's not that important it's not so important you need to cgi a baby because CGI babies are terrifying. We're not, That's we're not even looking that closely. It's, like, it's worse you, than a porcelain porcelain doll. Yeah. I'd rather die by I'd rather by die by a porcelain doll. I would rather die than almost any other way than that baby killing me. Because that baby is gonna kill me. It's haunting me. That baby. That baby. Yeah. That thing. Um, like you know how they think that AI <laughs> are gonna take over the world. It's that baby. That baby. <laughs> that baby is the face of the AI. Um, directed by Bill Condon, uh, Melissa Ro- Ros- Rosenberg was the screenplay writer, and obviously Stephanie Meyer wrote the franchise of the novels. Is a book franchise as well? Is that yeah? Is it just a film franchise? Well, I think it's, I think I think Twilight was always big enough to be a franchise. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's launch right in. No, hang on. I'm what not you done. I'm not there done. There are so many characters. Do you have to name them all? It's I'm in the not, end credits. Looking... Watch the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2. You can see the credits for the entire them. four I'm, films. I'm just finishing the... Bu- what do you think the budget was for Breaking Dawn Part 1? $112 million. How, Did you look? Uh-uh. Oh, $110 million. Very good. Uh, worldwide gross? $354 million. Don't be silly. Seven hundred twelve million dollars. So three hundred million away from a billion dollars. Yeah. At the time, that's very impressive. Yeah. That's a big deal. It was. Uh, and then I'll just look up part two. But you, you, what were you saying before? Say something while I was while I'm looking this up because I have to go between pages. Say you want, something. You wanted to dive right in. Yeah, I wanted to dive right in. How would you rate the two films as an adaptation of the book? I was actually quite angry with the films. Ooh. After it finished, because I. I got a lot of enjoyment out of re- listening to the last Breaking Dawn. And I feel like the book did not... Sorry, sorry. I feel like the film did not give me that same emotional satisfaction that the book did. Okay. Tell me about that. I... And you said it when we were watching it as well. Like, we don't get to watch the film. We get to listen to Bella tell us about the film. And that's not what film is for. Yeah, there's and that, there that is way me. too much narration in Breaking Dawn Part 2. Yeah, and that really annoyed me because I really liked the ending of the book. So, uh, budget for Part 2. Like, if I wanted that much narration, I'd just read the book because that, that's what exactly. a book is. That's it's what told a book in is. first person. Correct. So. so if, and <laughs> completely sidetracked, we just watched, what was that film, Noel, last night? The, oh, yeah. What was that called? The first Noel? The Surely first it's Noel. the first. Uh, it's it's, a new, new, it's new Netflix's new Noel Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Right. 
And there's a scene, it's actually real. I'll just pause for a second because I do need to know. Can you look up the name for me, honey? I'll just tell the budget for part two while Brie looks that up. So part two, $120 million budget and gross worldwide, uh, 880, sorry, 848, 848 million dollars. I can't get that out. So even closer to a billion dollars. So combined, um, part one and part two made nearly like $1.5 billion, which is fat. Like that's phenomenal. That's a lot of money. Um, the Noel Diary. The Noel Diary. Thank you so much, love. The reason I bring that up is because I said to you last night, we were, yep. you know, doing the whole Christmas thing, putting up the uh, Christmas tree and, and such. And there's a scene where the main character, he is telling uh, the female protagonist in the film about, like, his family tragic backstory. Tragic family backstory is the way you structure that sentence. And the words kind like they trail off. We still see his lips moving and then the sound of a train overtakes that and we just see her face uh, get sadder and sadder and drop as she hears the story and then she grabs her hand. And I found that so moving. It had, it was much more moving than it had any right to be. But it's because it showed us. It didn't tell us. So yeah. we got to see that emotional and we get to imagine. And that's what good filmmaking is. That's and there are, what good and, filmmaking and, 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 and is, you're okay, right. Okay, and like, let me just drop this little... This little suggestion, there is a uh, YouTuber called CJ the X who does a fantastic defense of Twilight, uh, of Breaking Dawn Part 2. You should mm. check it out. It's a really good, it's a riot. You might need to put it on like 0.75 speed though because he talks, sorry, they talk really fast. Yeah, but it's awesome though. But it is awesome. Also, they and say, riot. I, I don't talk fast, you just don't listen fast enough. Do they say that? It says it on the bio on their cover photo. Oh, that's funny. And I'm like, that's hilarious! No, but they 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 talk very fast. Honestly, they talk very fast. Um, in spite of my concussion, I was able to keep up though. So, but they are good, and they do talk about some of the really um, finer details of the filmmaking and the decisions behind this film, and they just negate the whole lots of narration, voiceover narration, which is a weak, weak as storytelling choice device. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so yeah, okay, so out of ten, yeah, um. I don't know. Five. 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 Eight. 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 That's very strong. Solid. It's a solid adaptation. Nothing happens in the book. Nothing happens in the film, but it looks pretty. And then we're (laughs) doing it. I mean, does it look pretty? Like you were just going on about how Renesmee is going to be. Renesmee is a goblin child. That is a goblin child coming to get me. You know how when people are like, oh my gosh, your baby is so cute. And then they like turn the cheek and they're like, most babies look like Renesmee aliens. is the hideous. Like no, Renesmee doesn't look like an alien. She looks like you know how you know how they say that AI can't write creative stories, right? Because they're not coming up with yes. creativity. Yes, She's, this is what it is. AI yeah. was like, how do I build a baby? Yeah, AI tried to build a baby. And AI te- tried to give birth to a baby. It and it gave birth to that. Technically, has two eyes. She has a nose, a mouth, some hair. But yeah, you're totally right. This is what. A baby, a human baby would look like if it was tried to be birthed by AI. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really good analogy. Imagine going through nine months of pregnancy to get that kid. Like, honestly. Well, she didn't. She went through, like, what, two months? One month or two Still. months? I'm not even sure what the period of time two is. Two months of, like, the worst pregnancy ever to get that baby. You, and and um, Bella's face, even when she sees Renesmee for the first time, she, I don't even know if she knows how to react. She's like, oh. What's the actress's name, Mackenzie? Something. That I just read. The one for Renesmee. Mackenzie sounds right. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. This is not an insult to her. She is beautiful. Honestly, a gorgeous child. It's the baby. Oh, we're not talking about, no, the child actress. Not at all. She's gorgeous. They're all gorgeous. They're all beautiful. And that's what makes it so creepy. Everyone is very pretty. Like, people go on about the fact that Jacob imprinted on a baby, and that's creepy. But, like, honestly... Yeah, Mackenzie Foy. Foy. Foy? Let Jacob have (laughs) baby (laughs) resume. Just, just let Jacob. Um, she's now twenty-two. Still pretty. Uh, one point five nine meters tall. That's tall. Is that tall? I don't I'm one point seven four. Okay, so she's short. So you're, and you're one point five one. So she, yeah, she's, she's petite. Really? She seemed like she was gonna be a tall kid. Interesting. Anyway, okay. So yeah. So as an adaptation, okay. My defense. Yes. All the major points are there. The one variation is the obvious variation, which is that the fight scene is included in the final um, book. But I think, you know, I don't need to defend it because you can just go watch CJ the X's amazing video on this um, already. But, like, it's good filmmaking. They wanted to have their cake and eat it too, and they did. Delicious. Yeah. It's a good slice of cake. Tasty, tasty cake. I I remember... Literally standing up in the movie theater when I saw that the first time and yelling. And then my boyfriend at the time, Dakota, just like being like, sit down, sit down. <laughs> You're being that person. You need to sit down. You've always been. I've always so been that person. extra. And it's like, if I'm too much, go find less. If you can't handle me at my best. No. My worst, then you can't, you don't deserve me at my best. I don't like that phrase though. I don't, I don't either. So if you can't handle me at my most. You don't deserve me at, at my neutral. No, like at my bowl just right. I, you know, I mean, this is completely off track. This is just me talking about why I love you so much. Like your passion though, that passion, obviously in a movie setting context, some people would be like, lady, it's <laughs> like, it's okay. But that is how you live life in all regards. Like you love me. You love your work. You love our friends. Like if people like it's it's and there's a really good uh youtube video from the school of life on this and it's about you you don't get to pick and choose a passion like if someone has one side of a personality trait they're gonna have the flip side so like i'm very organized and i'm very good at getting things sorted but it also means i'm sometimes really annoying because i'm ocd and it's like you don't get to pick and choose you know yeah so it's like i love that fire i love that fire about you Aww. You know that, though. Do you want to turn into vampires and live immortally forever? I think you and I would probably do pretty well as vampires, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, we crush it. Yeah. I, I want to sparkle. But you know... I want to sparkle with me. We do sparkle. No, but I want to really sparkle. I am a sparkle girl. Oh Let's cosplay. <laughs> vampires. As sparkly vampires. Yeah. But all we have to do is just say we're ourselves and be that people. Oh, Shelly looks so tuckered out. But, you know, I got really angry watching um, the scene. I don't even know what it was about the particular scene, but it's when for Bella's birthday, which is like, I've stopped aging two days ago, guys. What are you doing? And Alice is like, too bad. You get to have a house anyway. And they're uh, gifting Bella and Edward and Renesmee this beautiful little cottage in you the did. woods. You got so mad at this I got so mad. And Edward is, go- is just showing Bella around. And they're like, obviously, like, oh, look at how modest it all is. Like, it's not a giant mansion in the woods. And I'm like, these bastards. These white, wealthy, immortal, heterosexual 
bastards get to have literally everything. They get to have it all in a fictional universe. But it's but it's also true. Like if you are attractive and white and wealthy and like born into a wealthy class and you're heterosexual, like you get to have it all. And I just got so angry about it. Yeah, I and mean I the like, Collins are a model of generational wealth. Yeah. And I was like, how dare they? Like they thought it was impossible to have a baby. Nah, they get to have it all. They thought it was gonna be impossible for like, you know, Bella's gonna No, they just get to have everything. Like, they get to have Jacob and eat it too. Yeah. Yeah, Bella gets to have like not just Bella, all of them. They just get to have it all. Well, yeah, she. This is this is such a like basic. Uh, this is such like a like you know basic bitch fantasy. Everyone is obsessed with her, and then at the end, everyone is still obsessed with her. And think, she gets everything. Right? Do you think Stephanie Meyer is like is Bella? Like, is that is that what it is? Well, I think a lot of girls have been Bella. Like wanting to be Bella, or no, have like have been Bella, not like, not the way she's desired, but just like I'm different. No, like, what do you mean? No, you're so Kiwi when you say no. No, um, I just remember growing up and being like, you know, I was extra. I've always been extra, and I've always had those people who were like wanting to put me in my place for being extra. Just like calm down, just like be a little bit less of yourself. Mm. I've always had those people. I've always just not quite fitted in the way mm. that other people did. You know, that 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 point where the line is and they know to stop at that point, I never could. You <laughs> You're know? just describing neurodiversity. <laughs> um and 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 so I definitely like Bella is the reverse of that. Like she's she's not extra, she's just nothing. She's <laughs> <laughs> she's not extra, she's just nothing. But either way, oh wh- whatever side of the spectrum you're on, yes, um, extra. She's, she's, she doesn't have ADHD. She's autistic. No, <laughs> no, no, and neither of those are bad things. Not at all. Um, what I'm saying is, like, you get that feeling, like you're just like, I wish I could be just like, I just wish somebody would find the thing that's quirky about me, like either being nothing or being extra. Like, I just wish they could find that as like super engaging and wonderful, and like just like really like see it as my superpower. And then she literally finds someone who does that. Yeah. You know? And, and, and then, she finds not just someone, but like so many people like Edward and Jacob, and Mike. the Cullens, the, yeah, Mike and um, the Vulture. Yeah. Yeah. They are yeah. all just and like. Arrow's like, oh, I want Bella. Yeah. Yeah. I want her. They're all just. Obsessed. And Victoria. They're all just obsessed. Yeah. With Bella. Yeah. Some so, people though, that's their worst nightmare to be the center of attention. Like introverts. I like no. Yeah, but Stephanie Meyer did not write this book for those people. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. She wrote it for the Bellas of the world. Yeah, I love and 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 to a certain extent, most of us find what Bella finds just not you know with a vampire subculture and not all at once. Like you definitely see me the way that I always wanted to be seen. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. I love that. But not only you. Like I've got all of our friends, and um, you know, I found that at work this year with people are like. Oh, you were supposed to be a teacher. <laughs> I knew that's you was, where, that's where I the knew you were supposed, supposed to, to be a teacher. I you know, knew, like, I'm I knew so that. good in house events. You, are, I was great at camp. Before you were paid to be a teacher, you were a teacher. Yeah, like so I just, you know, I found my niche. Bella just finds hers at seventeen, and she yeah. has to 
die and become it's an immortal. It's kind of fantastic though because I've also had that revelation this year with my job. Like I've always been empathetic. I've always been told by my friends that I'm a good listener and like they can they feel like they can share with me because I'm not judging them and like I have we've both turned our things into jobs exactly and I think that's really cool and and, and friends and family like 100%. we've turned our things into friends and family yeah hard out take I that love... AI baby <laughs> you suck AI baby I love also that you were extra in America because I was always extra in Aotearoa New Zealand and so it's kind of like when I met you, I had never met anyone who was more extra than me. Because I've always had the same feeling. Like, even now, sometimes when we meet different groups that aren't, like, our people, they're like, wow, you're a lot. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sometimes we meet people and they're like, you're a lot. Because I'm used to who we see, yeah. see in our circle. I literally get that all the time in high school. Yeah. Because and, I'm dealing with high school students. They're like, yeah. miss, why are you not embarrassed by your existence? And you're like, babe, I'm living my best life. Yeah. You're like, babe, this is nothing. Like... If you think this is bad. Honestly, it's like you go through so much stuff and then you're you're genuinely like, oh, embarrassment is nothing. 100%. Like it's Every, nothing. I, and I also genuinely think, genuinely think everyone, we're getting really off sidetrack here. This is, yes, such, this is such a, a tangent. But everyone should take an improv class. My point is, is that Bella's story is actually a little bit fun. For sure. For sure. My anger was, I think, you know... Brie and I are um, very settled in our love and we have our beautiful, healthy, safe home. And I'm like, do we want a baby? Would we ever want a baby? I don't know. Not that we have to decide right now. I mean, to, you know, our biological clock Do we wish we could have a baby that could grow to full grown in seven years? Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be so convenient. But Who was like mentally mature when they came out of the womb and could communicate with us but by you, touching our faces. But you know, I just think, be awesome. I think I got really angry because I was like, as to... To be fair, Bella did have like a terrible pregnancy to get to that, so... For sure. I do not want that for anyone. Um, we have two wombs, right? And so we can't... We do have two wombs. Two wombs, double the womb. We can't... Two vacancies. We can't um, make a baby in the same way that a heteronormal, heteronormative couple can normally make a baby. And believe me, we've tried. <laughs> but Bella, That's another and Bella and, Ed, and Bella and Edward thought that they wouldn't be able to either. And then they get to. Like, I don't know. I feel like that was... Oh, so this is really just like hetero envy. <laughs> For this one thing, to me, this is the only downside of, apart, obviously... <laughs> The only internal downside externally, there's obviously discrimination and hate crimes, which are gross and horrific. But internally, it's the only downside of same-sex or um, homosexual couple relationships. I don't know. I get to be a science project. (laughs) If I want to be a baby. Like, if I want to make a baby. If I want to make a baby. If I want to be a baby. Yeah. Do you want to turkey base me? We're getting way too into this. I, I believe some of you. I'll even like you can like put me on a silver platter, put some leaves underneath me. Why is that part of it? Like you're being served. Like I'm a turkey. Oh. We could do it at Thanksgiving. I don't want this. I don't... It could be like our annual Thanksgiving tradition. You turkey base me. <laughs> I don't think our friends want to be part of this anymore. I don't think they'll come for our Friendsgiving. <laughs> it's over. It's happened. I'm just saying. So, if you don't know... It could be Christmas instead. Our house... This is completely... I just looked out the window. Our house is bright our yellow. Our baby will be the ultimate Christmas gift. <laughs> and we have a blue roof. Honestly, how much more fun is it going to be to tell our baby how they were made? Like, it's going to be great. Instead of, like, when two people love each other very much. much. It's like, when two That's... people really wanted a baby, they had to get scientific. They had to make that happen. 
So anyway, we had to go to a black market dealer of sperm. Do you know what also makes me angry about fantasy in general is that if there were these vegetarian, you know, vampires who did not, uh, who were those vegetarian had air quotes because obviously they're not really vegetarian. No, they're not. They literally eat meat. Um, they're not cannibals, is what I would say. Although, are you a different species as a vampire? Is it no longer cannibalism? I don't know. These are the questions. These are the things. But they're not really cannibals. Because they're drinking blood and they don't have blood, so... Right, so it's not cannibalism. No. Anyway, it's just if, there, if there were creatures like that, like Edward at the beginning of part two is like... Oh no, part one is like, Bella, before you marry me, I just want you to know like all of me. And he shares about how he used to murder uh, predators who uh, he would follow before they attacked someone. Uh, and he would save the victim and kill the bad Very person. minority report because he's not really giving them an opportunity to change their mind. But I, I mean, he's stopped a lot of people from experiencing that trauma or being murdered. And I mean, you're kind of deflecting from my point, which I'm like, I'm very pro this. I'm very pro what Edward was doing. He literally was... Um, so you don't think he should be a vegetarian? I think it's it would be awesome if there were these altruistic vampires out there killing bad people especially edward who he knows what they're thinking so he knows for a fact they're about he's he's not assuming someone's actions he knows what they're thinking and what they're planning and what they're about to do so he can kill them with uh with with that like what's it when, when it's not on your conscience but is, it's a good is thing is death the right punishment considering how overpopulated our planet is yes from an environmental perspective, from a justice perspective. Bitter I, I wish. I'm not bitter. I just wish, like, it's one thing that upsets me that fantasy that's not, isn't like, real. But like, no, but, like, that's not. No, but, like, you know, oh, but the system. That's not an ethical way to get rid of people. But an the justice way to, system is You, know, you need broken. to get rid of people. You need to, you need to prevent people from coming into the world. I agree, but we don't which live. we shouldn't have a baby. We don't live. I know. We don't live. <laughs> I know. We don't live in a world where we we'll can rewrite the system, right? Like our change is so slow and so minor, and it needs to be so much more extreme. So we need altruistic vampires. That's all I'm saying. That that seems like a more logical that's that pursuit. Yeah. That's, then that's what I'm. Then tra- pursuing I'm base for actual my, real change. That's what I'm gonna base my life's work on. Okay. <laughs> that's what's gonna save us, folks. Okay, so I feel like, you know, we've really covered as an adaptation. Now let's talk about them as movies. Okay. Uh, Okay, movie one. Breaking Dawn. Part one. Part one. Super adorable when the boys are like, send him out, Bella, or we're going to come get him. And they're like, and I'm like, that is so brotherly. Can we just talk about Charlie, though? (laughs) (laughs) I just love Charlie so much. We were talking about this with some friends and... Absolutely agree. Like, he makes the stakes of the film real with his very genuine fatherly love for Bella that makes us care about Bella's existence. Yeah. Like, otherwise, you know, he he creates those stakes and it's, we love him for it. Billy Burke. I really, I really want a mug that's got like Billy Burke's face on it and I'm like, Charlie, like world's best dad. World's best dad. Yeah. Should that be our first merchandise item? (laughs) Can I, we do that? I wouldn't be surprised. No, there would be way many, too many copyright things for that. But I, but I wouldn't be surprised if that mug already exists. I can't find it. I looked. Okay, <laughs> that you looked. Oh, that's funny. I like it. I like it. Yes. What else? That's no. That's my first thought with part one. Okay. What do you think? One of the most beautiful weddings 
ever planned. If we had, excuse me, if we had the budget, uh, would have had a very. We may, would never have the budget. Maybe not so. Ex- in, in I don't know. It seemed like a lot. Maybe slightly less than the vibe that it was. But like, the flowers outside. I feel like the flowers. Yes, the tree benches. I could do without it. Yeah. Think. Right. Yeah. But no, gorgeous, gorgeous wedding, and I loved getting to see Bella's horror wedding in her mind and Edward like looking gleeful uh, with him murdering everybody. He's got mm. blood on his white and then, you know, seeing the real one was was just lovely. What do you think that dream symbolized? Because she doesn't believe Edward is a murderer of people. So what, what was that dream about? It was about her thirst. That she was worried about. Yeah, she but kills she But she didn't have any blood on her. Edward did. But it was always about her thirst. Well, then they did the dream wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful wedding. Here you go. Um, honeymoon. They captured it really well. Yeah, They've I got... thought they did a really great job. Isle Renesme. Um, I really liked the fun little montage after they have sex for the first time. And of him trying to tire her out. Uh, no, well, yes, but also of her trying to, like, of Bella trying to convince Edward to sleep with her and haul the lingerie and, uh... What do you think of what happens where she has sex and loves it, which is great. Love that. Um, and then he doesn't want to have sex with her again because he doesn't want to hurt her. And then she's crying because she's dreaming about them having sex because in her dream she finally bit him at chess. And then he's like, you know, and then she cries and is like, please, like, let's have sex. Like, he does because he loves her and he hates that she's sad. What do we think? Like, it's not really emotional manipulation because Edward does want to sleep with her, but he's afraid of hurting her. But like, Oh, I definitely think the, the sin isn't on Bella's part. It's on Edward's. Yeah. Edward's controlling her. Right. They're not on equal footing. Yeah. And she can't do anything about it. Yeah. He's not not having sex because he doesn't want to consent to it. And he's not having sex because he's trying to protect her. It's the same thing as that video we watched about... Mm, um, taking away the autonomy. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. Totally. It's Bella's choice. Yeah, it's MJ's choice. That's and right. he's making it his choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, feel that. Mm, great. Love that. I'm Which is why I'm Team Jacob. <sighs> Look. Jake matures a lot through the franchise. And I really like when he goes on his alpha male journey because he's, you know, he isn't shying away from that responsibility anymore and he's being authentic to who he is. Um, but I, uh, I still find him annoying. How do we feel? Okay, Bella's pregnant. Mm. She wants to have the baby. Mm. Rosalie wants her to have the baby. Mm. Um, obviously, there is some subtext of pro-life propaganda in this naturally with the mormons it is bella's choice of course it is but they are like rationalizing a woman they're they're um what are they they're talking about her life being in danger or what no they're just they're um they're like what's the word i'm looking for they're making it seem like a great and like selfless act right to choose to glorifying. put your life, yeah, glorifying. They're glorifying the choice yeah. of putting your life in harm's way to for the ha- life of a, a baby. to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, um, without it all pointing out that like it's totally reasonable if you don't want to do that. Yeah, like that's not a reasonable expectation to put on women. Yeah, we get pregnant way too easily for that. 
It's a really interesting thing, right, because Edward wants to get rid of the baby because he believes it to be a monster like he is. But then as soon as he understands and can hear Renesmee's thoughts in the womb, he understands how human she is and loves her more. So he gets onto Bella's side. But it is, it very much is. And And that's very pro-life propaganda as well. Like the baby is a person inside the womb. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, you and I are very pro-choice. And... You know, I guess I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that's the direction. And the film is very much saying that Bella is the right... And it is her choice, and that's what she's choosing to do. Um, And I guess it's like an analogy that Edward and uh, Carlisle and Jacob are society being like, it's killing you, you should get rid of it! And But they can't even get rid of it, because it's, you know... It's, it's again, it has a titanium embryonic sac situation. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. We're on the same page. So it's a bit gross. It is super gross. Um, we talked about this, I think, in a previous episode. We're not sure if Twilight was made today, how successful it would be, because in some ways we've progressed um, from this narrative slightly in film. Yeah, but like, at the same know. time, yeah. I still really enjoy watching all the movies, and I know there's nostalgia. Okay, you know what? That's, that's true, because... I hated the kissing booth. I thought it was repulsive. And maybe nostalgia and Billy Burke are the only thing that, that are keeping me from throwing this. Yeah, because teenagers like the kissing booth, right? Yeah, like they, they made do. they made three of them, That's so they so must have been successful. But yeah, you and I even watching the first one, we were like, Whoa, they just went straight to having sex. Like we were we were like, Wow, that was fast. Not you know, that's not a problem. That wasn't the issue with me. Like it was all the jealousy and the violence and Yeah, he's so aggressive. The romanticizing of the possessiveness. So aggressive. And we don't we don't know what happens in the other ones because we didn't watch them. But yeah, a lot of violence. Mm. <laughs> Man, touch my lady bum. Sorry, that's a quote from the kissing booth. No, it is. It's also that's assault. Yeah, and they're making it. Oh, it's do touch my lady bum. Yeah, and then he apologizes later. Uh, it's all very uncomfortable, really. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if if we were adults. Uh, watching Twilight. But, you know, on the other side of that, is it made for us? It's made for tweens, right? It's made for 15-year-olds. Yeah, I guess there are still some parts that I'm always going to enjoy. Like, the idea of, you know, having long... Like, having forever to do all the things that I want to do. Totally. Totally. Not, like, forever, forever, but just, like... Yeah, well, if we... The good place forever. That's what I want. Yeah, a hard out. Well, if we had, you know, uh, unlimited money for example we would probably still work part-time because we get a lot of fulfillment out of them but you and i would both also be probably students forever lifetime students yes because we and you know we'd both get our doctorates and you know uh potentially that might still happen in our future but it's like we've got to make a lot of choices and sacrifices because we still have bills to pay because we live in a consumeristic society right so we just still need to work and you know we have limited hours limited time limited money Mm. Our resources are diamonds. They're finite as, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Hard out. Hard out, hard out. So, Jacob imprints on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to kill Renesme, which would still be so effed up if he did. He's like, I'm going to murder the shit out of this baby because it has killed uh, Bella. And then 
um, his wolfy brain's like, nah, just jokes, bro. You totally love it. Yeah, I never actually thought about that, but that would be so screwed up. Yeah. That was his, he planned on doing that. Um... <laughs> I don't know if this is weird. I don't know if this is weird. And call me whatever you like to call me. But, like, I'm not that put off by the imprinting as everyone else is. (laughs) Why not? I guess I'm, you know, I'm willing to, um, like, suspend suspension of disbelief. Yeah. To understand that... This is the way that it works in this world. You know, the concept of imprinting, like... Yeah. You know, like, it's... But it, we talk about grooming, right? Because... We do talk about grooming. Yeah. And that's problematic. I 100% agree. Yeah. Because um, if... But I don't necessarily think that being a positive influence in someone... In someone's life is necessarily grooming. No, I agree with you. I think it's a problem the way that um, it's portrayed because it's, you know, and it's like what we watched Justine in there in the video essay by CJ, you know, it, imprinting doesn't have to be romantic, but in every case it is. Yeah. So it's like... But like in eight years... She's literally going to be fully grown. Yeah. But is it weird that Jacob is just waiting? Like, if if this was not in a fantasy universe, if mm. this was, right? If there were <clears throat> just Bella and Edward as human beings who had a baby and Bella's male best friend fell in love with their infant child. I know this isn't, you know, this is fantasy. Different. In real life, though. And so, and Jacob... Is uh, maybe not, but Jacob hasn't fallen in love with Renesme. Jacob's imprinted on her, which is different. And also, it seems to suggest but that I'm... Jacob has this sort of cosmic understanding of what Renesme needs or wants, or like is a willingness, you know, to give her whatever. So it's just magic destiny that they're meant to be together. Well, yeah, it is. It's literally magic destiny. Sure, I guess. If you think about it and so, entirely like, within the film. It's enti- a, like, by its definition, Jacob can't do anything untoward or creepy toward her because the magic that binds them together won't allow it because that would there, therefore fundamentally mm. not be good for Renesmee. No, great point. Great. He can't cause her any trauma. So it seems to me, logically, that Jacob can only begin to have sexual feelings for her. This is such a weird <laughs> such a weird conversation after she's of age. And not only of age, but of age and mentally ready for it. Totally. And totally. It feels like it would be a, a, like a, a, a switch almost flips on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if we're talking about it entirely, don't do that. I think be, the bigger concern the here mic. is like, she'll probably never get to play the field. Or, like, discover herself sexually. Well, they talk about how... Like, how boring is that? Knowing who you're going to marry from Lee, birth. Because Lee is the only female, right? Yeah. And so she hasn't printed on a guy. Because everyone is straight in Twilight. Um, so it's only happened to women. And ha- women have resisted it in the sense that they've kind of not wanted to be imprinted on. But they eventually end up going back to the, that who, those who imprinted on them. Because 
they become whoever the woman wants them to be. Right. There's no history of them resisting it. It says... It says it's p- possible, but there's no history. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But, and even that, like, in I agree with you. In the universe that Stephanie Meyer has created very intentionally, because this is what she's saying is like a dream ideal universe fantasy world. Yeah, it is... Uh, it's not that bad because you're absolutely right that the the magic that is bound Jacob to Renesmee stops him from um, like assaulting her or raping her. He can't. Yeah, I mean it's not even that. Like I just don't think he could coerce her or anything. Right. Or groom her. I think the problem is like that, I don't think he can. Yeah. the The problem is that um, we don't. There's that, that universe isn't real, and so what is. What well, story we're, we're, we're receiving it in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, like, and I'm, he's just waiting around for this child to become of age. And, and in Hollywood, we, and you know... That happens all the time. We have public... We, obviously, it happens in not Hollywood as well, but we've seen very public grooming of people like with Millie Bobby Brown. And, you know, she, it, she seems fine now. We obviously know very little about the situation. Um, Do we know she's being groomed? She was by... He is a rapper. Drake. What? Drake. Was it Drake? I think it was Drake. Yes, you've got it. It was Drake. And, like, he was an adult man. And it was inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I know. I very I'm much, just saying, like... Yeah, I very much I don't know. know. Like, I'm not... Like, in this world, it's problematic. In the world of Twilight, in the actual world of Twilight world building, it's not a world I would build. How's that? It's not a world I would build. Oh, for sure. I, I absolutely, you know, you're very uh, pro-consent. I don't, it's not a problem. And I'm anti-grooming. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're just debating the, um, is it, is it phonetics? Is it? Semantics? Sem- that's the word. Thank Semantic. you. Semantics. Phonetics. <laughs> we're debating the semantics of fantasy versus reality. Yeah. And like how interesting it is that Stephanie Meyer wrote that like you know and i get because and it's kind of alluded to as well in <laughs> bella saying like the strings of our lives it she she becomes quite m- mysterious and talking about it will all ma- it will all make sense like she feels that everything yeah. will make sense eventually and then it does uh yeah i just think i'm not gonna think too critically about this particular aspect of Twilight. Like, I'd much, it's much more interesting to me to think about the pro-choice, I mean, the pro-life propaganda or, like, the the evolution of the two races, the werewolves and the vampires and their treaties and them coming together and all of that stuff. Like, I think that's more interesting for me to look into than particularly this, this one niggly, annoying part of werewolf ideology. <laughs> mythology mythology for sure what do you find so interesting about like the um the werewolves and the vampires and the treaty and that kind of thing like uh about is it you know is it about the land is it about like what do you mean wanting to look into that i i guess what i mean what i like about it is i always like a story where um someone thinks someone is a villain because of very reasonable reasons and then discovers that that like you know like with um with a new moon mm. new moon is it eclipse 
what happens i don't know new moon um with new moon when they're chasing victoria and um emmett crosses the boundary and they stop chasing victoria for the sake of fighting emmett off Mm. keeping him on his territory like they're they're getting between themselves and success that's eclipse is that eclipse yeah because new moon is just bella being sad that edward is away and he's gone the whole time and edward is there in eclipse right okay so it must be eclipse whichever one yeah it doesn't matter the titles are meaningless. Yeah, for sure. They don't have any bearing no. on anything. Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn. Yeah. I wonder if she had like Like I a get theme. it in Twilight. Twilight is um The time between night and day. Yeah, it's when Edward and Bella can be together. You are the one. And then Breaking Dawn is the start of their new life together. Yeah. But it makes sense if it like eclipses I guess their love. Being eclipsed, their love eclipsing everything out. And New Moon is werewolf rising. Right. Jacob. Sure. Except they're not werewolves. They're shapeshifters. They're shapeshifters. True story. They're not true werewolves. They don't, they're not controlled by the moon. Yeah. And they live, they don't hunt humans. They live on uh, human food. Yeah. Fantastico! So, what did you ask me? Nothing. Oh. Oh, why you're interested in that. Yeah, but you said it. Yeah, so I I guess I'm interested in it, like... I like what you said about, um, you know, the assuming people are bad and then learning more about them. And that's why Carlisle... No, but I have more to add to that. Okay, sure, great. Um, I think, you know, I have a lot of prejudice, I think, in my heart against Christianity. <laughs> um sorry because of the religious trauma that i've suffered as a queer person yes um and and i think that i have an assumption that i wouldn't get along with most religious people and while i'm very very pro-choice i it does show that like there's some progressive thinking in in stephanie meyer's perspective in the way that she wrote the book like she wrote she obviously she's trying to understand how strong women who are independent and like look after themselves fit into the world of Mormonism. Mm. Like that seems to be what she's trying to understand. And she's trying to understand race relations and she's trying to understand all these things. And I think there's some good, there's some good thoughts. There's some good messages in Twilight. Mm. Could she just read books then rather than write them? Well, you know, okay. Just saying I'm well, you know, um, it's very white savior in some ways. And how? how? If from Stephanie Meyer's perspective, sure. Like she definitely did some messed up stuff with, you know, just talking about bastardizing the Quileute legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I guess, I guess, like I think Stephanie Meyer is an interesting person because she represents somebody who I fundamentally probably wouldn't get along with in a lot of ways or agree with her ideology, but it also shows. This saga shows a more nuanced perspective of who she is mm. and what she believes and what she thinks. And it's more interesting to think about where we differ by analyzing her book um, and where we agree than to focus on this particular one thing about, you know, it's like people were saying that. Um, oh, for sure, baby. Edward, Edward and Bella's relationship is creepy because Edward is technically 127 years old. Like it, it's a fantasy book. You know, there are certain there's a certain suspension of disbelief you have to go into when you read a fantasy book, and I'm just saying this particular aspect of the world building is one I can just let go absolutely and trust 
that Stephanie Meyer is not actually encouraging grooming. Sure. Totally, though, babe. I mean, how Edward doesn't have, have any blood in his body, but he's yeah. still able to make a baby with Bella. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Carlisle's easily the best person in all the books. He's the most patient, the most understanding, the least likely to go to violence. Everything that Carlisle stands for, I'm here for. You know what I mean? Like, I'm with him. Yeah, for sure. He doesn't want power. He just wants to be with his family. He only turned people who were about to die... And Still questionable choices, but... Yeah, right? Mm. <laughs> Did they ask for it? I don't know. about passengers? Yeah, yeah mm, I don't want to be alone. I'm going to make one. I'm going to make a friend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't have anything... I'm still probably going to rewatch Twilight sometime. So... I... I don't know if I'll reread the books. This... Ever again. This little, uh... Journey on the podcast was because... Bree read the books growing up. I'd never read um, the Twilight books before. Do you feel like you're a better person for having read them? Uh, no. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I think that it's good to consume all types of literature. Fiction, non-fiction, good quality. Quality is subjective. Um, different calibers, different... Well... <laughs> but my accidentally po- in love... Accidental love. Accidental love. But I'm just a little queer and I just want to read some queer books. But you know, uh, The Last Stop. Well, then I can recommend Casey McQuiston. Yeah, it's good. But my point is that um, I'm not smarter from reading them, but I I don't regret reading them. They're an important part of pop culture. Yeah, and I also think it's quite rare that I would regret reading any book unless it was like traumatizing. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are books that I have set down and I have no problem. Like, I'm never going to go back to the God Delusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's very valid. Yeah. And, like, yeah, 100%. But no, it's fine. But but for you, my question is, like, how do you feel now that we've gone on this journey together? Like, is it what you wanted it to be? Are you happy with the experience that we've shared? I definitely enjoyed rereading the books through a more critical lens. For sure. I... I think I believe Lindsay Ellis in saying that I think the world got a little bit bandwagony with jumping on the hate train for for Stephanie Meyer. I don't think she's as bad as everyone says. I don't think the Twilight books are as bad as everyone says. I think there are worse books out there. I'd read They're Twilight. Different. I would happily teach Twilight before I would teach To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. There are definitely worse books out there for sure. Like, I think To Kill a Mockingbird has done more damage than Twilight. Hmm. Doesn't the person of colour end up being murdered at the end anyway? Yes. Bloody hell. Stop. Yeah. For sure. Um, Great. Well. This is a, this is all this to say that the book that you really should read is The Colour Purple. Oh, so many. So good. Uh, yeah. The Colour Purple. Um, Cousins. The Hate You Give. So good. Cousins. Yeah. Great New Zealand In the Time of the Butterflies. In the Time of the Butterflies. Oh my god. That book. I know. Something about that book just really spoke to me. Oh my goodness. It was broke my heart. It broke my heart. Um What's the what's the one that I couldn't read because it was too much? Uh but we saw the film and I cried hysterically. Oh, Just Mercy. Just Mercy. So many great books and films you can watch. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that's us. And that's that it? Yeah. Yeah. Doing- so, uh, re- re- revamp, remake, retire? Yep. Yeah. I've got mine. Okay. One, two, three, 
Renee! Oh, God. <laughs> I just... Do you want to see a new Renee's May? Yes. Just, maybe just remake the last film. Just, re- just remake the last one. And just skip no, New Moon. I just, I'd be interested to see what a new generation does with Breaking Dawn in Twilight. I would love saga. to see a better... Like, they, you know, with the MC universe, we've learnt a lot on CGI stuff, especially with superhuman strength and that kind of thing. So, like, better running would be awesome. I actually forgot that I did have one, like, I... Um, painstakingly went through all of the trivia for the Breaking Dawn movies um, to try and find something that was interesting. And this is the most interesting piece of trivia, which is... Yeah, okay. Taylor Lautner practiced for months getting into character by looking at babies in the NICU at local hospitals. What? That's obviously a joke. Anybody can put trivia on here. (laughs) I was Um, like, to what end? (laughs) I just thought... Uh, that's a fun, you know? That's pretty funny. Some trolls on IMDb there for you. Yeah, how about, do you want to read any, like, one or ten star reviews? Uh, okay, let me, let me just... There you go, take your time. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. There is a really long review, but I'm not going to read it. Um, Don't read. Don't do that. Hey, Bugsy, are you enjoying bringing a bread loaf? You got no legs and no hands. You only got a little face and I don't see a tail anywhere. Oh, there's a really long one here, but like, I'm just going to read you the beginning of it. And then if you want to go check it out, that's up to you. So this is 6 out of 10. Terrific awfulness from Mark Drolston. It's with a hint of sadness that the Twilight franchise has come to an end. Sure, they're terrible, terrible films and books, I assume. The popularity of which paints a sorry picture of the tastes of today's youth. But Jeez. now that all is said and done, on reflection, it was worth enduring the first three insufferable disasters, Twilight, New Moon, and Eclipse, to get to the unbridled mayhem of Breaking Dawn. My thoughts in part one can be found here. Fantastic. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this journey. If you have nothing else to add. Um, there's one entitled, uh, The Best and Worst Twilight Film. Great. Focus up now, babe. I'm focusing up. Revenge of the Department Store Mannequins. Hold on. <laughs> this movie cost this movie cost a reported one hundred and twenty-two twenty. This movie cost a reported one hundred and twenty million. In only two weeks, it's already doubled that take at the box office. But what I'd like to know is where all that money went. Not on sets or locations, since it's mainly set in the woods. Elegant costumes, to be sure, but you're not going to blow nine digits worth of bucks on epaulets. The effects are sparse and nothing special. First, you're not on the writing. Exacerable screenplay by Melissa Rosenberg. So it has to have been on the actors. And boy, did they not even get their money's worth. Nah, you can just... This film, this entire film consists of people standing around like statues, reading dialogue to each other with an occasional flicker of attempted facial expression. Really, this is not an exaggeration. 80% of the film is literally people just standing there in an array of department store mannequins spouting inane, vapid dialogue. Mm. That's pretty harsh. Twilight breaking down. <laughs> okay, you're done now. A poo poo sequel. You're done now. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. You. Maybe maybe go check out those reviews because I think some of them are probably a hoot. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. Um, super pumped for our Thank next episode. Thank you for taking episode. a walk down memory lane with my 15-year-old self. Oh, you're so welcome, She's babe. She's thrilled. Brie and I often talk about, like, if we knew each other in high school, would we have been together? I definitely would have been uh, in love with Brie. She is totally my type and is super cute. Um, but I don't know how, how like, public we would have been, right? Because you would have been... I don't know. You probably would have left little queer novels in my locker and I would have read them, like, in secret. And um, maybe that would have emboldened me to come out. Cute. I love that. Um, our next episode is going to be... On Where the Crawdad Sings. And let me tell you, if you have not read the book, go out and read it. It's so fun. I love it so much. It's so good. I'm so stoked to be covering it. Yes. Um, the film has recently come out. Uh, I'm really excited to watch it. I'm a bit nervous because the book is fantastic. Um... Lexi, can you meow for the, the guest? box office. Oh, 140 million. Okay, that's interesting. I'm getting way too into it. I'm just trying to figure out who wrote it again. Who wrote Where the Crawdads Sing? Do you know what I actually cannot remember off the top of my head? Delia Owens. Yes, that yeah, looks right. fantastic. So, yeah, please um, tune in again next time as that will be the next episode we're covering on the podcast. But until then, uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Chapter 1, Take 2. Oh, I don't annoy the kitty cat. I Chap- got him to growl a little bit, growl. which is not a meow, no. but it's something. It's something. Chapter 1, Take 2 at Outlook.com. Uh, take care of yourselves. Um, and next episode, don't get a concussion. No, don't get a concussion. Put your Christmas tree up. Uh, if you want to, that's my if advice. If you celebrate that, we're obviously not religious that's in true. any sense, but we love sparkly lights because we're gay. So anything that sparkles and I like ornaments to us. and yeah. I like trees. Yeah, and so you know, do what you want to do, um, but, but also put a Christmas tree up. Oh my god! But take care. I'm of not yourself. here pressuring you, but put a Christmas tree. And up. yeah, it will probably be. We might do another Christmas thing later on. We'll figure that out later. We didn't have the Grinch stole Christmas one year. Yeah. Is oh, I mean, we we could do we could do the Noel's Diaries. That's based off a book. Oh, but we then could. We'd have to read it. Oh, we'll talk about that behind the scenes. And we'd have to watch it again. Yeah. All right. Take and it care. Has no ending. Kakite. Kakite. Oh, I know. Ha, ha, ha.